Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. The Auto Wild Grill is the king of sophistication, bringing that steakhouse feel into the comfort of your own home. Portable, easy to assemble and clean, the Auto Wild Grill packs a big punch in your grilling game. With only three minutes of preheating needed to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit, you can expect moisture and flavor sealed within a gorgeous steakhouse crust in minutes. The secret is in the Auto Grill's radiant technology, which allows for higher searing temperatures, faster cooking, and juicy steaks. What are you waiting for? Save $300 off the purchase of your grill today. See the show notes for discount link and code. All right, Danny and Maura Vega, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thank you for having us. Maura's doing really well now that she has me back. She has my reinforcements because I was gone for five days. So hey, Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> That's We're awesome. Happy to be here, though. We're happy to be with you, with you guys. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I've been following your family forever on Instagram, and we're just so happy to be uh, chatting with you guys today. Likewise. Can't wait. Well, guys, for for the uh, few of our listeners that aren't familiar with you, just tell us a little bit about yourself, about about your journey. Okay, so Mauda's pointing at me, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, usually in, in our house, when, when there's like a large decision to be made, something about lifestyle, career, all of that stuff, we, we get on the same page. We like to be on the same page. So, um, everything we've done, we started with really a paleo, um, approach in 2011. And then 2013, when I started powerlifting, we started doing carb cycling, we backslid a little bit and, and I was just eating like a powerlifter. And of course, Maura was also doing that. And, um, you know, after her second, after Dean, she had some really bad postpartum depression. And um, then when I switched to keto, really after a few days, she joined me. And then like a year later in August of 2017, when I switched to carnivore, Maura joined me three days later too. <laughs> so we, we always kind of do things together. But I mean, if, if I guess we, if, if I had to uh, boil it down to just, a few sentences of what we do. Um, you know, we both have our podcast, the Fatfield Family Podcast, and we're passionate about, you know, ancestral eating, um, low carb, ketogenic diets. We mostly eat carnivore. Um, we raise our boys um, in a way that we, we tr just want to make them as resilient as possible. We want to give them as much freedom to 
explore their passions so that when they grow up, they're not just another cog in the machine. And um, we share that on our platforms and we just want to show kind of how this all looks when you put it together. What does it look like when you put, you know, um, proper nutrition, proper amount of exercise, um, you know, education, um, peaceful parenting, and then the, the mindset training that we employ with the boys, how does that look all together? And that's like what we aim to do. Yeah. Because we, we, we didn't have all the tools growing up, and so we're trying to arm them. So that's that's us in a nutshell. That's amazing. And you guys are so fun to follow because you offer strategies and actionable tips to parents and people alike just looking to transform their lives and live a ketogenic lifestyle. And some people may consider um, how you're raising your children a little unconventional. And I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit more regarding that, because I think it's beautiful the way that you're raising your children and um, sharing this on social media. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that for our listeners. Okay, so I guess I can take that one and try not to be so long-winded here. (laughs) The best question ever. Um, It's pretty much like our entire life. Um, So a few things that I guess people would find unconventional are, well, we, we don't, we know, we don't just homeschool. A lot of people have heard of homeschooling, um, but we do something called unschooling. And I really don't actually even really like either term, really, because homeschool Mm -hmm. suggests that you're just sitting at home, you know, in your overalls around the table, you know, uh, being socially awkward. Or And then unschooling just tells you what I don't do. It just tells you that I don't do school. I don't try to replicate school at home, which is kind of what homeschoolers typically We like education. Do. We're yeah. not a fans of school. We right. like education. So unschooling is more of a belief in the way that children learn. We, we believe that children are born curious, that they're naturally curious, and that learning is natural, that it doesn't have to be forced or structured, like so structured. So we... You know, we we let our kids choose what they want to learn. Um, it's very self-directed, and it's just so crazy how natural it is. Like my son, just last night, Danny got home, so Desmond was telling him all these things, and yeah. Desmond will re- repeatedly tell me things that I'm just like, I don't even know how or where you learn these things, but he knows all these facts and like all these random things, and so it's just beautiful to see how it works and how how natural it really is. And it's almost like it's better if you do nothing, to be honest. So the hardest part of unschooling is stepping back because I want to control and I want to be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's hard to, we're basically unschooling ourselves too, because it's hard to, to, you know, basically divorce myself from those ideas that I've, that are so ingrained that we have to read by this age or we have to be doing And outcome-based, outcome-based Thinking. Yeah. yeah. So we just want our kids to, you know, not be so boxed in. We don't want them to get burnt out. I feel like school over time can can really just I know it did for me. It really kind of just like burned out my creativity, my my, my lust, my lust of learning because I just was, you know, you're you're just spending so much time in these other subjects that you don't really care about. So the way that it works here is, you know, we're very lucky that we have a homeschool group. So they kind of pick their classes, like if they're in college, except they're nine. And it's <laughs> incredible to watch because when these kids are focused on something, they're just, they're in it. Like 
for hours. Yeah, and don't and so, dare, don't dare interrupt. And them. don't dare interrupt <laughs> them. So, I mean, that's like the education portion of our weirdness, but there are many layers. Of course, yeah, the, <laughs> the diet stuff. I mean, yeah, like we stuff. we along. This is what we eat. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a common denominator among all the things that we do that are unconventional, and um, I would say that that's um, personal autonomy. You know, giving our sons autonomy in every area of their lives, but with you know giving them um, boundaries, setting boundaries, you know, setting as far as safety goes, physical boundaries, you know, emotional boundaries, and um, giving them, you know, proper expectations. And then when it comes to food, um, that's also very unconventional because our boys are, you know, last night, for example, Desmond, um, he asked his mother for a salad. He wanted a big fat salad, like, and, you know, we always joke that if you want your kids to eat fruits and veggies just don't give them to them <laughs> and don't yeah, make just a give big them deal only meat and then like a salad becomes like Ooh. yeah like a treat yeah <laughs> so they we have lots of we have lots of conversations with them and especially with desmond and we we teach them and then we we give them choices to to eat the way they want like so if we're out somewhere and they ask me for you know something crappy which that doesn't even happen anymore i i, I keep using this example but this was really like in the first year and it's been a few years already um, that they would say, oh, I, I, can I buy this? And we would say, you know, sure, you can buy it. It's your body, but I'm not going to spend a dime on it, you know. And so we do things like that. We do things like yeah, like Halloween. Yeah. Birthday parties. You guys can eat the cake if you want to eat the cake. But, you know, now Desmond is starting to create his own list of non-negotiables. And on that list is cake. He's like, I hate cake. I hate how it makes me feel. I'm not going to eat cake. You know, don't say that for ice cream because he'll crush some ice cream. But, you know, <laughs> he's already starting to develop like a list of foods that that he can't eat because he, he doesn't like how they make him feel. So, I mean, there's yeah, a so lot letting of stuff. Them make those mistakes is also part of it, yep. you know, but like on a day to day. And we are lucky in the sense that we do homeschool because they're not exposed to it as much, you know, like the constant candy rewards given at schools and stuff. So. They are just eating what we eat. It's just normal to them. And so another big thing for us, you know, one of our models is just model the behavior you would like to see. And that goes with everything. So like yeah. they're not seeing me eat that stuff. They're not seeing Danny eat that stuff. They're watching us work out every day. So it's just a normal part of life. And we truly think that that's the, you know, do as I say, not as I do that. My parents said that they, that doesn't work. Yeah, because they're going to do. <laughs> they're they're going to do, do as what you we do. do. They yeah. really are. I mean, look, when we see our kids, when we see our sons, lashing out and being you know reactionary and you know like being like ultra sensitive at something we said or it's having because a, I am it's yeah it's way. because we're they're just reflecting back at us what we're what we've shown them yeah. you know so yeah. yeah I guess that's it in a nutshell yeah I love that and guys what I love about your approach is that it it's very instinctual it works with the person and with what really you know, will allow them to thrive. Like we also did some unschooling with our children. And awesome. what, what, what we would do is when they got excited about something, we went with it and we would expand it into all kinds of other, right. you know, related topics that support us. So like yes. my daughter got into like a meteorology kick. And so it was, we brought her to the you know, to the Weather Channel for a tour, and oh, yes. so cool. and we incorporated all the science and the math and everything. I was like, she was learning a ton without even knowing it. 
And, yes. and it was all self-directed. She was uh, excited to do it. And I think that that's a great uh, example for all of us in life is we have to find those things with health, with lifestyle, with business that resonate with us, that we're excited about, even with exercise. You know, Definitely. if you put someone on a treadmill, you know, yes, they're, exactly. they're not going to, they might not thrive. But if you come up with a functional exercise that they really enjoy, maybe it's rowing or maybe it's a sport, you know, yeah. they'll throw themselves 110% into it. So I absolutely love that. What other things have you seen, you know, has helped you to kind of do things as a family and incorporate all of this and, and just make it a lifestyle? Let's see. I mean, I think one of the things that we're like really experienced at, and because of our experience, we're good at it, is finding ways to integrate what we learn into our lives, like in a practical way. So like Maura and I are always kind of sharing what we saw, like, oh, did you see that um, so-and-so posted, you know, I'll give an example, like so-and-so posted these, these really cool Pyrex that, that, that they got from Costco. So we'll pick those up because we know that we need, we only use glass. We don't use plastic. So like all the things that we pick up, we start to integrate them into our routines right away because knowledge without application is useless. So we're really big on applying what we learn really, really quickly. And we don't want, cause we don't want them to do that either. We don't want them yeah. to like learn something and then like not act on it. You know? Yeah. So I lost my train of thought there. So but sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, um, I'm trying to think what the other thing was with the. Um, uh, creating it into our routine. Yeah. And oh, so yeah, we talk about we talk about the importance of building habits. So yes. you know, if 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 Desmond says he likes this or he he has this goal, whatever. Okay, then we start to say, okay, how are we going to get to that goal? Like, ex pull example, pull-ups. Yeah, we took a few months. And we, he said he wanted to be able to do pull-ups because we had listened to the, um, well, I had read to the them Warrior the Warrior Kid books and we listened to the Warrior Kid podcast and Desmond loves Jocko. And like last, like early this year, did it start last year at the end of the year? Yeah, because really? I put the pull-up bar up in December, I think. Yeah. I think so. So we, he wanted to do pull-ups because in the first book, the kid couldn't do pull-ups and then he did pull-ups. So, um, we started to, we said, okay, what is the end goal? Pull-ups. We started with jumping pull-ups. We did negatives. We would, we would do all these different workouts. And now he can do, you know, two to three pull-ups in a row at a time. And it all took, it just took some time, but we, we got him there. And um, the other thing is, I'm just trying to think, oh, he says he wants to do algebra by December. That's not going to, that's not going to happen. Gonna happen. That's okay. We're still working. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's, still, it's good for him to realize like, oh, wait, I can't just say I want to do algebra. Like it takes, it takes more. Yeah. You know, I have to master addition because he, he wants to jump ahead, you know? Yeah. And so it's actually fine that he says that because I'm like, all right, we tried some algebra problems and he couldn't do it because he, he didn't, he doesn't have his, all his division or multiplication memorized. So now he knows he's like, oh, okay. Now I understand why I can't do algebra without knowing my multiplication quickly, you know? So yeah. And then examples. I remember one of the, what I forgot what it was that, one of the things that we want to get rid of right away is this fear of losing, or fear failure. of failing, all of those things. Because, you know, we we kind of hammer the point home all the time. Winners don't lose, they learn. Winners don't lose, they learn. You can have, and Desmond, <laughs> I love it because Desmond remembers all of this like 
verbatim. He'll be like, <laughs> you know, Bobby, there's some people out there that they they win, but they're not learning from their wins or their losses. So they're really losers. But, you know, <laughs> somebody who loses and learns from their losses, like, that's a real winner. And, and that's what we try to tell them because, you know, I think that's what happens. Like, someone sees... Um, Someone sees someone on stage at a bodybuilding show and says, you know, in the back of their heads, like, man, that would I wonder what that would be like to do a bodybuilding show. That'd be kind of cool. Right. Um, oh, but I can't do that. That could never be me. And then they start to have all these yeah, ideas. That's it. That's not how it starts. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I could never handle it. I, what if I what if I put myself out there? What if I do terrible? I'm going to be so embarrassed. Like you have to get rid of that. Like yeah. the stuff that I talk about and even Maura. I'm a lot, I'm a lot worse at it because I'm I'm like an oversharer. But the stuff that I talk about, I really couldn't care less about what people think about me because I know that there could be someone who who says, "Man, that that's a great idea. I'm going to use that." Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things I love the most about you is you guys just stepped out on faith and decided <sighs> to make a business out of your passion. And so many people think about that when they're at their nine to five job. They're like, oh, I wish I could, you know, make a business out of my passion and, and just, you know, go for it. And I was wondering if you could speak to what made you guys go for it and your experience in business. Well, it started with um, when I started a ketogenic diet in 2016 and you know, two months later, I was, I found myself, you know, co-hosting a podcast already. I just, I dive right in and it was like a really fun hobby. And, um, already like a year into it in June of 2017, I started to have a little bit of a following. I had, I had already spoken at the first KetoCon, and, um, you know, still it was a hobby, but I, I was really, really into it. I, I thought about it a lot more than work, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I went through this, like, crappy thing through work that yeah, one of those like uh what is it called a compliance yeah it's some compliance thing that it was just like you know 90 people in the in the company you know were were they they looked they opened everything up on us and it was it was it was, like it was a terrible four-month experience that at the end of the day nothing happened because none of us you know broke any rules but just having gone through that after you know, being a, a person of integrity and, and someone who's, president. yeah, had just one president's club. I had just one president's club the year before. And I, and my name was, you know, is on the, the, the wall of fame in the headquarters. And, you know, they're, they're coming at me instead of like asking me about this, it, it was this whole crazy thing that I had to fly to Chicago. And then after that, wh while I was in the hotel in Chicago, um, I, I was already thinking to myself, you know, if I lose my job over this BS, like, I don't want to start interviewing for jobs because you can ask Maura, how is it when I when I interview for a medical device job? Bye. Yeah, like I, I'm Bye locked, forever. <laughs> I'm locked in my office. I'm having because, to. Well, because Danny, when he when he, you know, you know, it's different when you and with him leaving his job, it is different because it's not like Danny was working you know, for minimum wage yeah. or like some like whatever. Yeah, I left yeah. my job, but I was kind of like, oh, whatever. I was working at, you know, like it making was, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, like Danny was making a lot of money and he was doing very well. And, um, and yeah, so that was just annoying. And so the fact that he had to think of that and like that he could possibly lose his job and Danny, when he's interviewing for these, you know, these 
companies, he has to basically learn every single thing about the company. Yeah, for the that company, interview. the procedure, the disease state, yeah. everything. And then you go it's through several interviews and you don't get it. And you don't then you don't get it at the last interview. And and like I, I, I'm I would know just by the law of averages that maybe I would have to go through that a few times. So I started to think, what if I tried to do this for a living? Like I, I it's it's possible. So I decided that in June of 2017, and I didn't really quit until September of 2018. Yeah. So it took us a year of saving our money. It took us a year of building the business up to a point where it made sense. Uh, it took us a year of um, trying to figure out all of the logistics and you know mentally preparing. What about insurance? All this stuff. But at the end of the day, like now. You know, we have our times like we just went through like a like a little period there where we were really, really, really tight, you know, and, and it, it just comes out of nowhere. And, you know, things come up and and, you know, it's it's a lot more. We feel the uncertainty. And that's one thing that, you know, I love Maura so much for because she's she's been so supportive through all of this. And like when when we get when times get hard nowadays, um, you know, she gets stressed, not nearly as much as she used to. But she gets stressed, but she knows like every single time it works out. Like I make yeah, it I work. I, I fix it. I, I put the food on the table. I pay the bills and I get things done. And so like, but let's look at the daily life of Danny Vega right now and, and, and of Mauda because we're, we're a team and I'm spending so much more time with my children. I wake up every morning and I get to decide how I'm spending my day and yeah. I, I know that a lot of people, if you were to ask them, like, you know, what, what do you look for in life? Um, you know, people say money, you know, happiness, all that stuff. For me, the number one goal is freedom. I want to be free. I can't not be free in this life. And, and to, for me, to, to, to work for someone else, I, don't, I, I won't say work for someone else because if I had an opportunity to work for another company and help grow another company that wasn't like, you know, medical device sales or in the pharma, you know, sphere, I, I would, you know, like a meat company or something like that, that, that would be, I'd be excited about it. But like, I cannot, now that I enjoy the freedom that I enjoy, I can't go back. And so the question then becomes, you know, what am I going to do uh, to make money? You know, it's going to, you have to make it happen doing what you love, you know, like you have to find a way and, and you can't do it when you're still doing your day job. You can start it that way, but trust me, when you quit your job and you do this for a living, all the opportunities start to show up. All of the ideas start to show up because you have to do it. Like you have to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a crazy journey and we're, we're now backwards. Like we're like seven years back, you know, as far as financially, what we're not really, I don't think. Six or seven. I mean, I feel like. Maybe five, maybe five years back. Well, I don't know. We're definitely like back. Our lifestyle is better. Yeah, our lifestyle. You're right. You're right. But the, as far as the money we're making, right? You know. Right. So, but we're just building something more um, meaningful. We're building something that over time, you know, will will help more people. And at the end of the day, like when I die, I'm gonna be like, you know what? That that was a life well lived. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just, I love that. And what you guys are building, you know, will last its riches beyond what you can account for in a, in a pocketbook or a bank account. And one of the things that, uh, that I really 
like about all that you share is it's not just about diet. It's not just about, you know, working out, but it really is about lifestyle. And I wonder if you could share with our listeners just some of your some of your top tips on lifestyle and and other things that aren't just food related to improve their health. So really the biggest thing these days for us, uh, as far as lifestyle, like we've made some big, like kind of shifts, like we're trying and we're still trying it's a daily battle just because of the fact that everything is so convenient to us, all the technology, the tablets, the TVs, like it's really hard. I know you guys and probably every single soul on this planet that has a device can understand how difficult it is to not get sucked in and how horrible it feels when you're like wow i just lost an hour like that was horrible that's such a waste and so we're trying you know like our kids are growing up in this you know like we didn't even grow up with this and um for them it's normal so it's like we don't you know we used to turn on the tv the first thing in the morning like that's not a thing anymore we don't turn on the tv anymore like that's not like we had to make it a rule like we don't turn the tv on first thing in the morning that's just not how we start our day uh, Danny, um, I used to meditate, you know, I've had like in and out of, in my experience, um, like during throughout the years, but that's something that I've re- reintroduced into my life. And it's made such a big difference that I'll have like my son do it sometimes. So yeah. meditation, sauna, aiming to go outside for, for morning walks after dinner walks, just, oh, you know, just trying to, uh, do things like, I don't know what to call it, but just these making your lifestyle so that you're not always inside. You're not always, yeah, and that you're um, not always connected and you're not always connected, you know, because that's going to be the struggle for this next generation is disconnecting, you know, yeah. that's their struggle. That's going to be the hardest thing for them. And so just trying to show them, you know, it's just a decision. You just have to make that choice and just, just go for it. You know, like even the TV at night, we've drastically reduced that. Oh, you know, yeah. like we drag it out now. Like yeah, let's we read draw at night. We read books. Yeah. We do a lot of things together. Like, Last night we watched TV when I got home uh, from, you know, 15 and a half hour drive. And we watched like, but when we watch stuff, it's usually educational. Like we watched that uh, a year in space, space, which is really cool. We highly recommend it. Um, So reducing your inputs. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge thing for lifestyle. Like reduce the, the audio inputs, the TV in the background. Like I know people that like I'll walk into their house and And the the news is on. I'm like, turn that crap off. Uh, reduce the input from your phone, reduce the input from, you know, every now and then go for a one, a run or a walk and don't look at your phone and don't listen to a podcast. Just, just be. So all of these things that to me, they just come from, they they come back to, yeah, but they come back to like being present and being mindful. mindful. So a mindful, mindful living just dictates that if, if you're, if you're mindful, you're going to be grateful because if you're, if you're mindful, you're going to, you're going to identify all of the, um, all of the experiences that you can show gratitude for. So if you're mindful, you're grateful. And if you're grateful, you're not a victim. And if you're not a victim, you can make the right decisions and you can act appropriately. Um, the other thing is huge for us is, is reducing environmental toxins. So, um, you know, we were just talking about EMF before we got on, uh, plastics, plastics, and stuff like that. yeah, really um, fragrances, all of that stuff. Um, what else? Water <laughs> yeah, water. All the good stuff. So yeah, there's lots of like, you know, it goes into like in and out of the biohacking space too, because we do love like certain modalities that that like we love red light therapy. 
But the, the most important thing is to get the diet, nutrition, sleep, and, you know, stress management under control. Then when those are under control, you know, don't major in the minors, you know, get the, get the big blocks first, and then you can start to enhance things. And you'll see that, like, when you add that extra supplement um, that you think is going to help with cognitive performance or something, it's only going to work if you got all this other stuff in check. Right. When you add that extra gadget, it's only going to work or it's going to work best when you have all of this other stuff in check. Yeah. Yes, and speaking of enhancing, you guys have some wonderful programs on the market. I used one of them to help get down to my leanest weight at the beginning of the year. And I was just wondering if you could speak to how people can go about um, changing their nutrition in a functional way that kind of incorporates all of this uh, lifestyle um, things that you have spoke about with the sleep and the mindset and just kind of lean out and, and build some muscle. What, what are your thoughts on that? So I would say for someone that's starting out, if they're like totally terrified and they're not a, like a, an extreme type of person where they just want to do carnivore and just like rip the bandaid off and do something crazy like that, then I always suggest my original OG baby paleo which is a great place to start because it gets rid of the garbage. So it's getting rid of the, the fake stuff, all the garbage, the vegetable oils, it's getting rid of all that stuff in your diet. And that is going to make a huge difference for someone who's eating all that stuff. And then, you know, from there, it's like, all right, let's cut. And I would say even, I would, and I, I would probably suggest like a, a low carb, like a paleo keto thing. Yeah. So like keto, clean keto, you know? Like, yeah. So that would be a great place to start because it's like you just want to get people's I feel like you just got to get people's brain on ketones yeah. and then that'll do the rest, you know, like just get through that part. So where you're feeling good, that that way you are going to make the decision now because you like the way you feel. And so that's a great place to start. Um, what would you say? So, yeah, that that's a huge one. The other thing is you have to you have to spend some time really, really digging deep inside to figure out what your why is. And I need to lose some weight is not a why. No. You know, you need to be like, think about, you know, start to do some memento mori. You know, like I have memento mori tatted on my arm because memento mori is just this idea that remember that you have to die. Remember that you will die. And, you know, think about, you know, what that means if you're not there for your children. Think about what that would do to them and ponder that. I know it sounds like dark, but it really does help, you know? So, so like a lot, for a lot of people, you know. And even if they're not dead, you're not having a good quality of life. You can't get on the floor. Yeah, you can't play with them. Right. So know your why. After you know your why, um, like Maura said, you can either <laughs> rip the bandaid off or you can start by doing paleo, cutting the carbs more, playing with keto, playing with intermittent fasting, just doing one thing at a time. And then one of the other things that I that I notice a lot is that, you know, I, I know someone really close to us, like in our family, that's always doing this, that's always finding the next diet and then asking me about it. And I'm just like, this is so dumb. Like, why? Why are you doing this? You're going to do this for for two weeks. You're going to you're going to fail again and then you're going to binge and then you're going to feel bad. And then it's like this wild, wildly swinging pendulum. Why don't you just someone like that needs to take it slow and a slow and steady approach. You know, there are people that do really well with the rip the bandaid off, but you notice that like some people, they they'll they won't comply with it and they'll feel terrible about themselves because they they put too, they made 
they expected too much of themselves. And I see this a lot with the training side too. Like if you're not training at all, you're not going to do five days a week. Start with two days a week. You're going to feel super sore <laughs> and know that, you know, beginner gains are a huge thing. So that's another reason why two days a week is going to be enough stimulus to, to help you. And then slowly add more, yeah, you know, I, like, I feel like it'll be, become natural as people feel better. Yeah. You know, it's kind of just getting people started. Get them started. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I know has been a huge factor in both of our success, both Maura and I, is Maura and me, sorry, uh, is that, you know, we have continued to stay consistent, even if like some weeks it's only two days a week, some weeks it's only three days a week, whatever, throughout all these years. But the guy who goes hardcore and does like a 30 day challenge, nope. that guy, he might have done well. But trust me, he's he's worse off now because he's never been consistent. So realize like the tortoise and the hare, that's a really good um, analogy because the tortoise just stays there while the hare is like a flash in the pan. Oh, yeah. Consistency. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree. That is yeah, that that is so important. Um, we would be remiss, guys, if we didn't talk a little bit about muscle building. You guys are such. <laughs> incredible examples full disclosure and embarrass myself in front of our worldwide audience but two years ago when i was over 500 pounds i think i told you this once danny i photoshopped my head on your body oh yeah no. you put it on your fridge right didn't you tell me you put it on, your put fridge? It on the fridge my, my wife and kids still laugh about that but uh and you know really just looking to you looking you know inspired yeah. by you i've been able to you know i've lost 220 pounds and counting i've put on a lot of lean muscle i'm still not anywhere close to that picture but i'm moving in that direction okay. every day so you know for someone who's 500 pounds and just starting or for someone who's been lifting for a while like guys just give us your top three or four tips of of ways that they can build muscle even like doing a ketogenic diet yeah, so um, we just, I was just in Indiana for an amazing event, my friend Adam Shibley, uh, Million Pound Mission. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the obesity revolution, um, but this is this guy, Sean Mulroney. He started off at almost 700 pounds. He's, wow. yeah, he's down just above 500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I, I was, I, I'm, it's not easy to make me cry, man. And that guy made me cry. And like, because the reason he made me cry is, is I realized like there's a, there are several populations that still we are ignoring and I'm not doing, I don't do it on purpose, but like, I think of like the elderly, I think of the extremely obese where like, if, if I do a, if I, yeah, if I write like a beginner program, like this, that's way too much for them. Yeah. So like, so like, yep. You have to, it depends on where you start from, but like, if you are starting from, from that, that could mean, you know, you know, walking for as long as possible. Like, okay, we could walk for two minutes without having to sit down. Now we got to go to three minutes, but assuming that you're someone who um, can get into a gym and, and lift some weights, the, the number one thing that I, that I see a lot is that people don't want to commit to what it takes to build muscle. And so I always think that like the, the best thing to do if you have like a lot of fat that you want to get rid of is 
focus on the main goal being fat loss at first. And, and of course, the, the secondary goal, which will always be there, like you said, Chris, you've, you've added a bunch of lean mass that changes your body composition, that changes your body fat. The more percentage of muscle to fat is, is always going to be more favorable, even if your weight goes up a little bit because of it. So um, get focusing on fat loss first with the secondary goal of building muscle. And then when you get to a, a point where you're, you're pretty lean and you're, you're, you're at a point where you're as lean as you want to be, then now it's time to ramp up the calories and, and eat to grow and train to grow. And this goes for men and for women. Like my wife has been bulking for the past four years. And, you know, she used to have some serious body dysmorphia. And now she gets pissed because she loses weight too quickly. Like we're doing this carnivore 75 hard and she's like getting extra ab veins, extra shoulder veins. Um, but you, you mentioned ketogenic diet, and then I want you to I want you to talk a little bit about your what you do like with the stimulation, like the amount of stimulation okay. needed for specific muscles, because I think that's important. Okay. But I just want to talk real quick. Um, important things to think about with keto: you're not eating carbs. That's okay, but don't train in a way that's always asking your body to eat like to, to yeah, make carbs. Yeah, don't be every single day. Yeah, people who I see this all the don't time. Intermittent fasting, OMAD, and then while you're doing that, you're doing a bunch of hit, you're doing six coffees, whether they have fat or not, doesn't matter, it's the caffeine, um, but if they do have fat, then it's just empty calories that you're not going to be able to burn through all of that, so that's a, a consideration, and then poor sleeping habits, not really being present at the gym, all of these things, we need to like simplify it as much as possible, you know, Focus on what you're doing at the time that you're doing it in the gym. Focus on before you add weight, before you add volume, focus on standardizing the stimulus, which just means building the skill in, you know, an exercise to a point where every rep looks the same. And that can only happen if you are 100% present in that rep and working on that at the time. Um, you know, are carbs beneficial at times? Yes, they could be beneficial, especially when it comes to managing stress, because, you know, I, I like the idea of being able to, to really just go all out on a workout that includes supersets, drop sets, uh, minimal rest. And when I do a workout like that, I, you know, I, I will supplement some carbs, but on a, on any given day, you know, you walk into that gym with me, you know that you're going to be resting two to three minutes in between sets. The rep range is not going to be more than five to eight reps. So I'm going to be focusing on quality of reps versus quantity. And a lot of people, I, I mentioned this in a recent podcast that a lot of people, when you look at certain programs, you see them on paper and they look like, oh, this is, looks great. This looks like exactly what I need to build muscle. And then when you do the program, it's unbearable and you can't even finish it. And that's, that happens a lot to me because I've been training for a long time. So when you look at like the program that Ben Pukowski and I did, the Keto Muscle Intelligence program, you'll see and be like, man, this is, this is deceptively simple. Um, but when you, when yeah, you, it's not. it's not. So why don't you, I want you to talk about, because you've built an exquisitely beautiful booty um, that <laughs> I'm so, so proud of. I'm so proud of. And, but it's important. Like you, you have, there's a reason for this. Okay. So, tell well. But I also genetically, you know, it's not you like I it. had nothing. I'm no, you didn't, but you, you've so, grown it. You've grown okay, it. Okay, well, this is something that I also had to learn over time. I am that person that wants to go hard all the time at the gym. I come from CrossFit, you know, which is just like 
you died every day. <laughs> you got to see Jesus yeah, three times a week. You're dying every single day. Um, and so that's something that I definitely had to learn um, because I was doing at one point OMAD, um, HIT. And honestly, I was gaining fat at some point, yeah. even though, and that's why the number on the scale is so deceiving. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not like, I don't, I don't ever think people should just neglect it totally. I think that we should use it, but it's one measure and we shouldn't totally depend on it because even though I wasn't gaining or losing any weight, my body, um, composition was clearly changing for the worse at one point. And that's because of the stress on my body. And so I'm going in the sauna, I'm fasting. I'm already stressed because I homeschool. I have two boys. Like there's just a lot of stuff going on all the time. Um, and so, yeah, we have to manage our stress. Um, I was doing supersets, like triple sets, triceps. I would never rest in the gym. You would never see me standing there. Um, and so when I started doing Ben's program, it was definitely an adjustment with the rest period. But, um, and actually, I think I might have an embodied to prove it at this point yeah. that I changed my body composition. But um, but talk about also the, the rest and, and the, the frequency. Yeah. So another thing is the frequency. I truly, truly like it depends what your goals are too. You know, if your goals are a lot of people do have the aesthetic goals. They want to build, you know, their shoulders. They have specific things that they want their body to look like. And if that is the case, I, I truly do think that it's like there's a lot of really bad information out there. You know, I get people commenting all the time like, oh, shouldn't you rest? I'm like, my glutes? No. Not really. She trains glutes every day. Uh, you know, like the glutes is a perfect example of a muscle, which we all know it's the largest muscle in our body. It takes so much to even fatigue them. And if we think about it in just a functional ancestral way, we would have been activating our glutes every day. We, we should be activating them every day, especially now because most of us are sitting all day. Most of us are not out there hunting all day. And extending we're not the hips doing, with our glutes. We're walking. not doing short sprints or walking all day and doing all the, right, the hip extension that's, that's firing those glutes. So we have a lot of people that can't even fire their glutes at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's perfectly okay to train certain muscles um, more frequently. More frequently. Um, so you'll see that, you know, with the Keto Muscle Intelligence Program, uh, a lot of it is full body. A lot of it, you know, yeah, yeah. every day is full body. I'm, yeah, hitting, every I'm day hitting everything all the time. Legs. Every day starts with legs every day. Which no I love what. for all the guys who've never done legs before, because you're going to get it whether you oh, like it or yeah. not. It's, and, and it's totally fine. Like there's, you know, yeah. you just, you listen to your body. My, my body's been screaming at me a little bit. So I am taking, I'm stepping back, but you just have to listen to your body. And, um, it is, it's the consistency. It's the focus. And. Yeah, it really just depends on what your goals are, too. Yes, and that's so important what you spoke about with glute activation because it's so important as far as stabilizing the lumbar spine for people that have back pain. Uh, Glutes and core, huge, which is one of the reasons I love your programs because that's incorporated. So for people that have back issues like myself, your program – is so easy to implement. It's not easy to do and follow through on because it is challenging, but it's easy to implement because you know that you're correcting muscle imbalances that you may have that create that muscle fusion for the lumbar spine. So you don't need to have a surgical fusion, hopefully. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, there's just so many reasons to like, like the glute thing. It's like hot on Instagram now, but it's very important 
health-wise. It's very important for longevity. We don't, you know, the number one reason old people end up in uh, homes is because they can't get off the toilet. That's the, mm. like, that's the actual reason. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I need help me. because I actually can't get off the toilet now. Yeah. And so, and that's why you see those high toilets, which it's funny because that's actually really bad for going to the bathroom, those high, high toilets, yep. which is why we yep. have squatty potty and things like that. Yeah, well, we, and and we, it's use, so funny. we have a homemade squatty potty that's just a little step stool. But it's so funny because when we <laughs> built our house, they asked us, do I want a high toilet? And us, we're like, no, why would yeah. I want a high toilet? And they were going to charge us more for us. And they were going to charge us more for it. And I'm like, why would anyone want a high toilet? And the guy explained to us, they're like, oh, well, you know, some people can't. And I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, yeah, well, that's not good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Guys, this has been fantastic. I feel like we can just talk for, oh, for hours. hours. We have to have you back on, uh, cover some more of these topics. Um, tell us what, like, what do you have coming up? What's going on? And then how can these guys find you? Well, I have a lot of speaking things going on. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Maura has, has been very patient with me because <laughs> I got a lot of trips. I mean, I'll be speaking uh, t- on Saturday, uh, well, by the time this airs, will be done. But um, in November, I'll be speaking in Puerto Rico. In January, the Keto Summit. Um, we are revamping. We're almost completely done with it. The the Carnivore Keto Cut to include a bunch of more information. I've just this is a program that I feel is always going to be there, and I'm just going to continue to add value to it. Um, just give more. Um, more background information on specific parts like I this time around the reverse diet was was a very important part of it so we um we're going to be re-releasing the carnivore keto cut it's going to be um a little bit different because the program is going to be different so I'm going to break the program up a little bit more um the keto muscle intelligence program of course is out and we got some really cool ideas planned. We got a, a biohacking event that we'll be doing in April next year. All of this stuff you can find um, Instagram's the, the main part, you know, where we where we have everything. Of course, we have our website, uh, fatfuel.family. That's where you can find the podcast and you can check out the store. And on Instagram, I'm dannyvega.ms. And I'm Fatfueled Mom. You can also find. Uh, our kids at Fatfield Kids. There we post all their their you know like lunchbox ideas, everything we're doing with and the Desmond's kids. Desmond's getting more active on Desmond this. Desmond is Desmond getting loves, more active. Yeah. He loves the social media thing. He's so funny. He's like an afro. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, that's basically our stuff. You can find our pod. Our don't forget our podcast. Right? Did you put? Oh yeah, no, I, okay. I mentioned okay. it. I found the website. Love it. Yeah, so this has been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. We know our listeners are going to truly enjoy this. And, guys, check out the Fat Fueled oh, sorry, the Fat Fueled Family <laughs> on all of their uh, social media platforms. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.